You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. All right, everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, I am here this week with Anna Timmer from the Call to Liberty podcast. Anna, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do on the podcast. Sure. Well, I actually just launched it last week uh, with three episodes, and the entire point of Uh, why I started my YouTube channel in the first place, which was a year ago, and why I'm doing this podcast now is just because I want to help spread conservatism. I want to help get Trump reelected. I want to kind of fight against uh, how much control the left has over the media by just adding my voice to many of the other smaller voices uh, that are, are already doing the same thing. Uh, you know, together, stronger in numbers, uh, we can all kind of influence our own circle. All right. And where can people listen to this podcast? So it is on iTunes. It is on Google Play. I'm on Podbean as well. And I'm on YouTube. All right. Uh, Why don't we uh, jump into the news then uh, of the week? So let's start with the first story. Another day, another Democratic candidate dropped out. New York, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio announced this week that he will be withdrawing from the 2020 presidential race. Uh, de Blasio uh, saying right now that it is just not his uh, time. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bill de Blasio announcing uh, he will withdraw his candidacy? Yeah, I have a feeling it's never going to be his time. Uh, as Trump tweeted, you know, he had tremendous room for growth, but he was at zero percent. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think really anyone took him that seriously because he's not that dynamic of a character. He was never really going to go anywhere. Uh, all right. Uh, why don't we move on then, uh, to the next, uh, story. So, uh, the next story is involving uh, uh, Canada's Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, so Justin yeah. Trudeau is uh, coming under controversy uh, because of a picture that has surfaced uh, from 2001 uh, when he was a public school teacher, uh, which uh, showed him uh, from an Arabian Nights costume party. However, he darkened his face uh, to uh, participate in this party, uh, imitating the character of Aladdin. Uh, Trudeau coming under fire for this. Uh, Trudeau apologized, uh, posting another photo uh, which showed him uh, with a darkened face, uh, saying that these were the only two times that he did it. 
however, a new video coming out recently uh, from the 1990s showing uh, Justin Trudeau uh, with a darkened face. Uh, Trudeau uh, facing uh, conservative leader uh, Andrew Scheer in a crucial uh, election for prime minister uh, next month in Canada. What are your thoughts on this controversy? You know, this whole thing is fascinating from quite a few different angles, and I was kind of thinking about digging into it a little bit this week myself. But, um, you know, the, the the blackface controversy itself is pretty funny because the left has so many rules now for themselves and for what they consider to be accepted behavior that they can't even keep track of the rules themselves. Um, and so... Justin Trudeau is such a simpleton by nature that um, he can't even he can't even defend himself because his defense was well I've done this lots of times so it's it's no big deal or whatever and and then there was somebody in the I think it was CNN that was trying to defend him and say well you know Canada doesn't have a history of slavery so that that's why he did it but um, what I think is really fascinating is the timing of all of this coming out because it was just last week that Canada had the largest security breach in their history. So you had this guy who was pretty high up in the Mounties was arrested by the RCMP. And apparently Justin Trudeau has some connections to the guy. He stole a bunch of intel um, and he was trying to sell it. And some of this intel was U.S. intel, you know, New Zealand, Australia, U.K., because those five countries all work together sharing intel. And uh, the last thing I remember hearing about any of that was that they were questioning Justin Trudeau at a, um, a press conference, and he just walked off the stage. He wouldn't take any questions about it. And the next thing you know, two days later, this whole blackface thing comes out, and that's what's dominating all the news coming out of Canada. And we haven't heard anything else about this intel breach for five or six days. Um, now, right now, uh, there is uh, some people are saying that uh, Justin Trudeau should resign uh, for this controversy. Uh, do you agree with that? All right. Uh, well, let's move on uh, to uh, en- another story. Uh, so, in 2020, uh, uh, the uh, obviously Democrats would like to take back the U.S. Senate uh, from the Republican Party. Uh, one state that isn't uh, expected to be competitive is Massachusetts. Hillary Clinton won that state by a large margin over Donald Trump. However, there could be a competitive primary. Uh, Ed Markey, the incumbent senator, is hoping to run for uh, re-election. But today, uh, Congressman uh, Joe Kennedy announced that he will be challenging uh, Mr. Uh, Senator Markey uh, for his seat in that state. Uh, Kennedy is the uh, grandson of Robert F. Kennedy, 
uh, and he now hopes if he is to win this seat, he will be the fourth uh, Kennedy uh, to, to hold a seat in the United States Senate. The first uh, three were obviously John F. Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, and uh, Ted Kennedy. He would be the fourth. Um, uh, however, in spite of this, uh, uh, Markey's still, uh, pulling up some big endorsements, uh, from prominent senators, uh, specifically, uh, he has received the endorsement, uh, of the other Massachusetts senator, who's currently a 2020 presidential candidate, Elizabeth Warren. She has said she will, in, she will support the incumbent Senator Markey. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has also endorsed Ed Markey. It should be noted that Markey was a co-sponsor on the Green New Deal, which has been largely pushed by Ocasio-Cortez. And also the minority leader in the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer, has said that he will support Markey's re-election bid. However, uh, Kennedy still racking in endorsements from Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, and across the aisle, he is uh, he has also received an endorsement from former Republican governor uh, and 2020 presidential candidate Bill Weld. Uh, so uh, there's that. Uh, polls right now show uh, Kennedy leading Markey by as many as 14 points, but it's still expected to be a competitive race regardless. What are your thoughts on uh, Joe Kennedy III announcing his candidacy, uh, announcing a primary challenge uh, to Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey? Well, I'll be honest, I have not been following this primary at all, and I don't know a whole lot about either one of them, um, but I don't see much substance to the young Kennedy guy at all. From what I've seen from him in interviews, he seems to totally toe the line of the identity politics, of the progressivism, of the social justice, and he doesn't really seem to have a lot of ideas of his own, and I think that if he were to get in, he would be a, a total puppet uh, of his donors, and I just don't see... I think they're trying hard to push him because of his name recognition, but I don't think there's much substance there. Um. What do you think his chances are of beating Markey? You know, I'd have to look into the race a little bit more, you know, to see the numbers. But, you know, he's got that name recognition, and that goes for a lot. You know, that's that's uh, political capital you can't really pay for. All right. Uh, why don't we move on then? So the next story is regarding uh, the Georgia Senate. Uh, sorry, what? Oh, never mind. So, okay, sorry. Uh, so the uh, the next story is involving the Georgia Senate election, uh, the special election, uh, as we reported a couple weeks ago. Johnny Isaacson, uh, the uh, current senator from Georgia, uh, has announced that he will resign at the end of the year. He's a Republican, um, which means that there will be two Senate races in Georgia in 2018. There'll be that special election. And, and also David Perdue will have to defend his seat uh, as well in that state. Um, but we currently don't know who the next senator, who is going to be appointed to that seat. Uh, uh, Republican Governor Brian Kemp uh, has the ability uh, to appoint people to that seat. Uh, we don't know who he's going to appoint. 
but that person could be you. Yes, you could be George's next senator uh, as long as you are 30 years of old or older and are from Georgia. Uh, Brian Kemp uh, announced that he will be opening applications. Uh, all you have, all you have to do is uh, submit your resume. Uh, and uh, state your case as to why you believe you would uh, be suitable uh, to be uh, Georgia's next senator. Uh, if uh, Governor Kemp does choose you to be Georgia's next senator, uh, then you'll have to uh, run in a special election next November. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Georgia Governor Brian Kemp opening applications uh, for the Senate race? involved in the process and it shows that uh you know it kind of shows that he's not just choosing from a list of of hand-picked people that the donors you know choose from so that's kind of an optimistic sign that he wants to open it up to the people and maybe it's just for show maybe he already knows who he's going to appoint and just kind of wants to to get the public excited about something or energized by something but yeah i think it's kind of cool uh do you think that that's a politically savvy move? I do. I do. I don't think that there's anything wrong, you know, no matter if he already has the person in mind or not. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting his constituents involved in the political process and coming up with a list of, of well-qualified people in general to do, you know, all sorts of things and just even, yeah, to have kind of a, a list of of names and phone numbers and resumes of, of people who are uh, talented in some way and, and, and interested in politics. All right, so let's move on to the next, uh, the next story. So the next story uh, is regarding uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, last week, obviously, it was reported that uh, Saudi Arabia was attacked uh, or one of their oil plants was attacked by Iran. Trump is now saying he will send troops down to uh, Saudi Arabia after that uh, incident. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, in my personal opinion, I think that Trump is, is being baited. I think that, you know, they've tried to bait him for years into getting our country into conflict because he knows it will upset his base. Um, you know, his voters do not want any more global conflicts. We don't want to send, you know, more troops overseas after being in, in two wars for as long as we have been. We're just kind of done with it. So I think it's a tactic um, that has been used against him. And I don't know all the details uh, of everything that went down in Saudi Arabia. But, yeah, I, I think that there's more to it than meets the eye. And I hope that Trump... Uh, kind of recognizes that and kind of stays true to his word and his original intent, which is to not involve us in, you know, endless wars. Uh, all right. Do you think that uh, this could hurt Trump uh, in 2020 if he follows through with this? Absolutely. Yeah, it could absolutely hurt him if uh, he does any kind of major engagement. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's move on. So uh, the next story uh, is involving uh, 
uh, Jim Clyburn, Jim, Jim Clyburn, of course, the House Majority Whip, uh, his wife, Emily Clyburn, uh, has passed away at the age of 81. Uh, Clyburn, who is known to be the most powerful African American uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, his wife has passed away at the age uh, of 81. What are your thoughts? All right, uh, let's uh, move on then uh, regarding uh, to the next story uh, regarding Wayne Messam. Uh, so Wayne Messam, the mayor of Miramar, Florida, he's considered one of the more minor candidates running. Uh, he was on our show previously. Uh, he is now under fire uh, for mis uh, mistreating his staff. Uh Ryan Brooks from BuzzFeed News uh, 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 went on CBS to uh, explain the allegations, uh, and uh, apparently, let's see if I can find it, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the, uh, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, hold on, uh, do, do, Uh, right now, it is uh, looking like certain staffers are now accusing Messam uh, of uh, of not paying them for their work. Uh, right now, uh, uh, the uh, CC Grant, who was the former operations director for Messam's campaign, is saying, "quote This is the most immoral, unethical thing uh, I've heard in my 15 years of politics." Uh, Messam is considered one of the, oh, it's another person says, uh, we, uh, previously, we all pre, uh, pretty much resigned to the fact that we'll likely never get paid for the work we did for them. Um, Messam is, uh, considered one of the more minor candidates, uh, but he is now coming under fire for this. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, uh, do you think that this could uh, force him to drop out? Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anything worse than having your entire staff putting out statements like this. That this is the you know the worst treatment we've ever had. I mean, yeah, I think that. <laughs> that pretty much seems like it's about the end. All right. Uh, well, why don't we move on then? So the next story uh, is involving a new 
uh, poll from Emerson College out of the very uh, important state uh, of California. Uh, the poll shows that uh, that some candidates uh, are making gains, uh, while other candidates uh, are making uh, losses. Uh, the poll shows uh, that uh, the poll from Emerson shows uh, Biden, Sanders, uh, and Warren in a statistical dead heat. Uh, Biden and Sanders are both tied at the top of this poll uh, with uh, 26%. Uh, Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, coming in second with 20%. Andrew Yang coming in third with 7%. He beats uh, California Senator uh, Kamala Harris, who's from the state, who only gets 6% in this uh, said poll. Uh, uh, Texas, con former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke comes uh, in sixth place with 5%. Uh, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, comes after him with 4%. Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard follows after him with uh, 2%. And every other candidate uh, uh, has either uh, 1 or 0%. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this poll, which shows Andrew Yang uh, making slight gains and uh, Kamala Harris whacking? Uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Kamala Harris fall from grace was really spectacular and kind of unexpected, um, at least to me, because she had so much um, establishment support from the beginning. And, you know, she was kind of seen as the Obama 2.0 type of candidate, you know, the, the female version. And she just performs so poorly in person. She, does, she doesn't have any of that likability factor. And I think that's, I think that along with her, her track record of, you know, having been such a tough prosecutor against crimes that, that people just don't really see as that criminal anymore, you know, things like marijuana charges. I think that really hurt her, and she's not likable. And that opposite thing happened with Yang. Um, I don't think anybody took seriously at the start, but he does have that likability factor. So during the debates, he just kind of seems like a reasonable, normal, intelligent guy. I think he's crazy, but he comes off very, very well. And I think we're going to continue to see his numbers get a little bit better. If I had to guess, I would say that we're probably looking... Warren in the end. You think she's going to be the nominee in the end? Sorry, what, did you, what, did, what was that last thing? Uh, did, did you say that you think she's going to be the nominee in the end? No, I think it's going to be either Biden or Warren in the end. Ah, okay. Uh, so let's move on to the next story. So the next story is from a new poll from CNN uh, put out by the Des Moines Register. Uh, which shows that Warren uh, slightly leads Biden in Iowa. Uh, the poll, which was taken recently, uh, shows uh, Warren uh, in first with twenty with 22 percent. Uh, Biden comes in second uh, with uh, 20 percent. Uh, and uh, and it seems that Bernie Sanders has uh, fallen to third. 
uh, with uh, just 11%. Uh, after that yeah. c- comes South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg and 9%, uh, while uh, Kamala Harris uh, is at 6%, uh, Amy Klobuchar uh, and... Uh, and uh, 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 Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker uh, remain at 3%. Uh, Con- Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, businessman Tom Steyer, and businessman Andrew Yang come in at 2%, and every other candidate comes in uh, below 1%. What are your thoughts? Let's move uh, across the country to Israel. So Israel just had uh, some elections. Uh, Benjamin uh, Netanyahu's party, uh, the Likud party, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, uh, has uh, has made losses uh, in government uh, and they've lost their majority. Uh, but uh, Netanyahu remains prime minister. Uh, however, the opposition is now demanding that Netanyahu step aside for a more uh, centrist candidate. Uh, their choice right now is the centrist leader, Benny Gantz. Um, uh, but uh, uh, and they're saying that he should resign after losing a majority and after facing... Uh, criminal uh, corruption uh, charges. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, the uh, the controversy over this? You know, I haven't really been following it that closely. Um, I, I had heard a little bit about the charges, and I knew that there were some other issues, I think, last year involving his son. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm, I've been a fan of, of Netanyahu been a friend of the U.S. pretty strongly. Um, but yeah, I guess I would say they should investigate the charges and, and, and kind of see how serious they are. Um, you know, before I would say I would support a res- resignation. At this point, I would not support a resignation. Uh, but again, d- I haven't closely enough. Yeah. 
Do you think that uh, this the the calls for him to resign? Do you think that this uh, could hurt him? Do you think this could hurt his party? Well, it's kind of like what's going on here with with Trump. I mean, they've been calling for his impeachment for three years on what I believe are zero grounds whatsoever. Um, and so I, yeah, I, it, it kind of seems like they're doing the same thing over there, calling for his resignation. I'm not aware of, um, you know, just how complicit Netanyahu is or isn't in, in any of the charges against him. Because like I said, I haven't looked at it closely enough, but it's, it's could just be a political ploy. There could be something to it. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on then. Uh, so, uh, I think this is the last story we have. Uh, so Republican, uh, Senate candidate Jason Lewis, Jason Lewis, uh, is, uh, is running for the U.S. Senate, uh, in Minnesota. He's trying to unseat Democrats. That, uh, you know, God will bless those who bless Israel, so... Yeah, I, I would say I, I disagree with that guy, and I, I'm supportive of strong U.S.-Israel relationships. Obviously, I am totally opposed to any type of corruption, and I'm opposed to you know members of government enriching themselves with taxpayer money in a way that they should not be, and, and any of those people should be ousted. But I am very much in favor of a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. All right. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Before you leave, do you want to tell people where you can be found on social media? Absolutely. So you can uh, find me on Twitter uh, at Veritas Sola, or you can find me, like I said, on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, or Podbean. You can just look up my name, Anna Timmer, A-N-N-A-T-I-M-M-E-R, or Call to Liberty. All right. Thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Uh... ...are losing their jobs. Their wages have been stagnant. The world is crumbling around them. The only thing they have is possibly really good health care. And the Democratic message is going to be, we're going to go in, and the only thing you have left, we're going to take it, and we're going to do better. I do not think that's a recipe for success for us. It's bad policy, and it's certainly bad politics. He is the only Democrat running for president from Ohio. He is the longest-sitting congressman currently running for president. He once challenged Nancy Pelosi for her seat as speaker. Who is Tim Ryan, the young but experienced Democrat seeking the presidency? The candidates. Keep America great! Their story. Yeah, you're always, when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present and their fight for the White House. I'm the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential Profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I think that, sure, if people want to specula speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president. Timothy John Ryan was born on July 16, 1973 in Niles, Ohio to Rochelle and Allen. He is of Irish and Italian descent. 
His parents divorced when Ryan was just seven. He went to high school in Warren, Ohio and was his school's football quarterback. Ryan attended Youngstown University to play football, but his sports career was ended after a fatal knee injury. Ryan turned to a political career, where he worked for Ohio Congressman Jim Traficant. He joined Ohio State Senate for one term from 2000 to 2002, before his old boss, Traficant was forced to resign from his seat for criminal corruption charges. Ryan announced his run for the now Ohio's now vacant 17th Congressional District. He faced Republican state lawmaker Ann Wilmer Benjamin. Traficant ran for his old seat as an independent. Initially viewed as a competitive race in a favorable year for Republicans, Ryan gained momentum weeks before the election. Ryan beat Benjamin by a 51 to 34 percent margin. Traficant received 15 percent of the vote. At the time he took office in 2003, he was one of the youngest members of Congress. In the House, he fought to repeal Don't Ask Don't Tell. Just before the 2004 presidential election between Republican President George W. Bush and Democratic Massachusetts Senator John Kerry, he attacked Bush, accusing him of lying about draft deferments and attacking him for the lack of weapons of mass destruction found in Iraq. In 2004, Ryan was re-elected, besting Republican Frank Cusimano by a landslide 77 to 23 percent margin. He topped his success in 2006, when he beat Republican Don Manning by a whopping 80 to 20 percent margin. In 2008, he beat Dewan Grassle by 78 to 22 percent margin. In 2010, he faced a more competitive challenge from Republican Jim Graham in a favorable year for Republicans. To make matters worse, Traficant announced he'd run as an independent once again. In spite of the challenge, Ryan beat Graham by a 54 to 30 percent margin, with Traficant receiving 16 percent of the vote. In 2012, House redistricting led to Ryan running in the 13th Congressional District instead. He defeated Republican Marisha Aganya by a 72 to 28 percent. He initially supported a bill that would restrict funding for late-term abortions, though he later backtracked. He was re-elected two more times, beating Republicans Thomas Pekarek in 2014 by a 68 to 31 percent margin and Richard Morkel in 2016 by a similar 68 to 32 percent margin. After the election of President Donald Trump, and Democrats' failure to take back Congress that year, Ryan announced he'd be challenging Nancy Pelosi for role as House Minority Leader, arguing it was time Democrats brought new leadership to the party. He was endorsed by Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, who is currently Ryan's opponent in the 2020 Democratic presidential primary. However, Pelosi defeated Ryan by a 134-64 vote tally, making this the first political race Ryan ever lost in his entire life. Ryan was re-elected to the House in 2018, beating Republican Chris DePizzo by a 62-39% margin. Many of Ryan's supporters hoped he'd challenge Pelosi for the role of Speaker of the House after Democrats retook control of the House. However, he declined making a more urgent announcement. You got to do something. And I said, I'm going to do something. And I'm going to run for President of the United States. And we're going to make sure this doesn't happen. Ryan has run more of a moderate campaign, expressing support for trying to win back the Rust Belt. Now, 
He hopes to be America's 46th president. For more presidential profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly.